thanks, Megan, and uh, good morning, Redeema. It's fantastic to be with you today. Uh, my name's uh, Morgan. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here, and it's my joy to work with us uh, through this next part of John's Gospel. Uh, throughout John, we do meet Jesus face to face, and we see Jesus, God become flesh, come to meet us. And as we, we meet Jesus in the pages of, of this Gospel, uh, we come to see His love, His glory, His goodness. And as we heard in the passage, it's, it's all that we might believe in Him and have eternal life. Uh, as we get into this, uh, a reminder, um, again, uh, the women's event today, I'll try not to go too long, so we've got time to get over there, the women who are going over, 12.30 for uh, lunch and 1 o'clock for the event over at the Pullman. Uh, but, but let's pray uh, that God would show us wonderful things in, in His Word. Heavenly Father, thank you that you speak to us. I uh, thank you that you have given us Jesus. I uh, thank you that in him we see your glory. Uh, so we do pray that today we would see him clearly. We pray that today we would grasp just the great gift you have given us in your spirit. Father, we pray that today you'd be leading people, drawing people out of darkness into your marvelous light drawing strangers to become your children. And Father, today we pray that you'd be shaping us, uh, that we would see you as you are and respond as we ought. It's in Jesus' good and great name that we pray. Amen. Well, about three years ago, I was preparing to leave Australia to move to Dubai. And in my final few months in Australia, I started to realise just some of the great gifts I'd had that I'd neglected. Some, some yummy foods, Australian foods that I realized I was going to miss. Uh, living there near Sydney Harbour, which was pretty special, I was going to miss. But more importantly, I started to realize that I've always had my father like a few minutes away from me. Obviously, I lived with him growing up, but ever since I got married, I'd had another 10 years or so where I'd lived five minutes drive away. And yet, how often had I actually gone over and spent time with him? So in those last few months before I, I left Australia, I said, I'm going to spend more time with my dad. I'd make sure every week, a couple of times a week, I'd go over and go for a walk with him or have a coffee with him. It was only in leaving that realizing actually what I was going to miss. But the interesting thing and the great thing has been even while I've been in Dubai, even through COVID and closed borders, I've actually been talking to my dad more than ever. I'm often in the car at kind of 6 a.m. here and there's no one I can call when I'm in the car uh, in Dubai because no, <laughs> no one wants to call from me here. Um, <laughs> But Australia's six hours ahead and at the middle of the day. And so every second day or so, I get to call my dad and talk with him. It's actually in me leaving that I've been able to enjoy our relationship uh, more than ever before. And in today's passage, we see Jesus preparing to leave his disciples. They've spent three years living together. Uh, they've spent three years hanging on his every word, seeing him demonstrate his power. But now Jesus has told them he's going away. It's the night uh, that he's betrayed. It's the night before he will go to the cross. 
Uh, we heard last week, the first half of John 14, uh, that Jesus is going away uh, to prepare for them a place in the Father's house. He says that it's for their good. He's going away. He's preparing a place for them for all of eternity in the presence of God. Yet they were still wondering, what are we going to do? If you're going away and one day we're going to the Father's presence, what happens in the middle while we wait? How could it be a good thing for Jesus, who had been with them, who had given them such comfort, such joy, such life, how could Jesus going away be a good thing? Well, in today's passage, he'll tell them how. Because in him going away, he will send the Spirit. And the Spirit will enable them to experience and enjoy the relationship that He has established between us, the Father and the Son. We'll see that the Spirit enables us, Jesus' followers, to experience and enjoy the relationship that He's established uh, for us with the Father and the Son. And as we work through today's passage, we'll see there's two different ways that the Spirit works. Uh, we'll see, we'll jump a bit between those in our passage. Because the Spirit works both through once-for-all union with Christ and everyday communion with God. So the Spirit is how we can have relationship with God. As we come into relationship with God, it's only because we have been united with Jesus. We've come to share everything with Jesus. And how is it that we come to share everything with Jesus? Well, it's His Spirit that unites us with Jesus. It's by the Spirit that once for all we have relationship with God. But we'll also see that the Spirit continues to work in us day by day, helping us every day to experience and enjoy the relationship he's already established. You see these two aspects uh, throughout the passage. Uh, in verse 16, Jesus said, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. By the Spirit, we will have God with us, his Spirit forever. This is a once-for-all gift. He says in verse 9, because I live, you also will live. By the Spirit, Jesus' death and resurrection for us will mean that we actually die and rise. It's by the Spirit that we're united to Jesus and share in His life. He says that you'll know that I'm in my Father and you in me and I in you. It's by the Spirit that the God who dwells in heaven actually comes to dwell in our hearts, in our lives. In verse 23, he says, My Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. It's by the Spirit that Jesus is going, and the Father, the Father and the Son are going to come and dwell with us. Our faith will not just be a philosophy we follow, but this will be the God of all the universe coming into relationship with us, dwelling in us. Our once-for-all union with Christ establishes our relationship with God, but we'll see our everyday communion with God is enjoying and experiencing that relationship. 
Our once for all union with Christ is constant from the moment that we trust in Jesus. Yet we'll see our everyday communion with God, it can go up and down, it can grow hot and cold. We'll see our once for all union with Christ is a one-way gift, but our everyday communion with God is a two-way relationship. Our once-for-all union with Christ is based on Jesus' perfect obedience for us, but our everyday communion with God will involve our obedience. We'll see the Spirit establishes our once-for-all union with Christ, and then He enables us to experience and enjoy it every day. And today we'll work through four different ways that He helps us to enjoy this life He has given us. Uh, The first way that he does this is in giving assurance. So he gives assurance. The Spirit assures us of our once-for-all salvation through union with Christ, where we dwell in God and God dwells in us. So remember, we've been drawn into relationship. We have a relationship with God through Jesus. Everyone who trusts in Jesus has this relationship. But he sends the Spirit to say, I want you to remember this relationship. I want you to enjoy this relationship. I want you to experience it. Verse 16, Jesus said, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. Now there when Jesus says another helper, there's two ways you can use another By another, you can say, well, I've got one friend who's really tall and I've got another friend who's really short. Uh, Or you can say, well, I've got got kind of one, uh, I've got one thing here and then I've got another thing, just the same. And they're different words in, in the Greek here. And here we're told this is the same thing. When Jesus says, I'm giving you another helper, it's not someone different. Jesus is saying, I have been your helper, yet now I'm going, I'm giving you another helper, so it'll feel like I never left. And that word helper, in different Bibles, it's translated differently. Uh, Sometimes it's helper or comforter, counsellor, advocate, and all of those, they do reflect different aspects of how the Spirit works in us. He does help us, He does comfort us, just like Jesus helps us and comforts us. Uh, But especially here, there's a legal idea. He is a counsellor, he is an advocate. Another place where this word is used is in 1 John chapter 2, where we're told, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate, that word, advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's the propitiation for our sins, and not only ours, but for also for the sins of the whole world. So when we have another advocate, we've got someone who comes and stands with us, testifies that we are legally okay with God. And where we have been forgiven because of Jesus in His death for us, where we have been drawn into relationship with God through Jesus and His death for us where we've been forgiven, justified, are legally okay with God through Jesus, we're told, I've got another advocate coming, one who's going to remind you, assure you of your legal standing before me. The Spirit is another helper, another advocate who will assure us that we are 
okay with God. He will point us back to the once-for-all salvation we have through Jesus' death for us. He assures us of our legal standing with God, but He also assures us of Jesus' presence. How would have Jesus' followers been feeling to know that Jesus was going to leave them? That Jesus wouldn't there be there sleeping in the next tent, that Jesus wouldn't be walking with them down the road, that the next time some opponents came, that Jesus wouldn't be there to, to teach and speak. Well, Jesus tells them in verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And where Jesus says, I will come to you, he says, the Spirit coming to you is just as good as me coming to you. I'm not leaving you alone. And the Spirit is the perfect one to assure us of our relationship with God. Well, because he established our relationship with God by uniting us to Christ. Again, this experience, this everyday experience of assurance, it's pointing us back to the once for all salvation we have in Jesus. Verse 19, yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you'll know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. That's incredible. Jesus and the Father are in close relationship. He says, I am in my Father. For all of eternity, the Father and the Son have enjoyed one another, have loved one another. At the heart of the universe is this relationship, this love between the Father and the Son. But God has reached out to draw us in. All who trust in Jesus have been drawn in so that by the Spirit, as I, Jesus, am in my Father, you are in me and I in you. All who trust in Jesus have been drawn in to Jesus. We're in relationship with Him, we are united with Him. And by His Spirit, while He achieved that once for all, He now wants to assure us, to remind us, He wants us to know verse 20, to know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. He says in verse 21, he who loves me will be loved by the Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. If you want to know Jesus, Jesus shows us himself by his Spirit. It's by his Spirit that Jesus is not far away. He's not a historical character. He's not a great guru or teacher. Jesus is in relationship with us. He walks with us, suffers with us. Verse 22, Jesus, not Judas, uh, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you'll manifest yourself to us and not to the world? But Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to Him and make our home with Him. Remember, Jesus was talking in the previous verse about us going to God's home, us one day going home to be in the Father's house for all of eternity. They might be worrying, what do we do while we wait? Well, the incredible truth is, while we wait to go home to the Father's house, the Father and the Son will come and make their home with us. We trust in Jesus. We're united to them. They dwell in us by God the Spirit. 
So Jesus, by his spirit, wants to give us assurance. Wants us to know and remember everything he's done for us. Before the Spirit empowers us to obey Jesus, he assures us that we're already beloved children of God. Before the Spirit encourages us to draw near to God, he assures us that we have already been drawn in to the eternal love of the triune God. God, by his Spirit, he assures us. If you know Jesus, then Jesus every day is seeking to comfort you, assure you that you would know that you know him and that you are forever his. The second way that he uh, works in us day by day is in enabling love and obedience. The Spirit enables us to love and obey Jesus uh, and that love and obedience helps us to know him even better. In verse 15, he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments And I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. Verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. In verse 22, uh, he says, if anyone, verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. So Jesus says, experiencing God by the Spirit is all about love and obedience. There's no loving Jesus without obedience to his word. But we need to be careful here. Because you could read these verses and think... Jesus is saying, if I just keep his commandments enough, then maybe I get the Spirit. If I just keep his commandments enough, then God will love me. But we need to step back and see the context to see what he's been telling us. Uh, Because this passage about the Spirit isn't telling us how we come into a relationship with God. It's telling us how we enjoy and experience the relationship with God that we already have through Jesus. Uh, You might have yet noticed this emphasis on loving and and obeying. Uh, But this is assuming the first half of chapter 14. Uh, The heading there that Jesus promises the Holy Spirit that might be there in your Bible, that's not part of the original Bible. This is kind of, this just is going on, all of chapter 14 together. Uh, You might have noticed that at 14 verse 1, Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. And then 14 verse 27, again, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. This this all fits together, the first and second parts of chapter 14. Even in verse 13 and 14, where we ended last week, Jesus was talking about praying, asking for things in the Father's name. And then today, he goes straight in in verse 16, and Jesus says, he's going to ask the Father for something. We need to read these passages together. And what that will help us to see is that the way to relationship with God isn't loving Him, keeping His commands. The way to God, we heard last week, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. It's through Jesus and faith in Him that we're drawn into relationship with God. By His Spirit, He unites us to Jesus so that we have access, we have hope, we are forgiven. 
We go wherever Jesus goes. Uh, but now that we've come to know Jesus, now this, this passage, it contrasts the life of those who know Jesus with the life of the world. You see that in verse 17, 19 and 27. Uh, once we've come into relationship with God through Jesus, we experience and enjoy that relationship uh, through the Spirit. But what we do see here in these verses is that there's no love for Christ apart from obedience to Christ and His Word. What should mark Jesus' followers is love for Jesus and obedience. Sometimes we think of the Spirit. If we, the Spirit is at work in us, He will lead us to do certain things. He might give us great joy or great ecstasy. Yet we see here we can't separate the work of the Spirit from our love and obedience to Jesus and His Word. So the Spirit will work in us. As we heard, as, as Pastor Bochan read before, uh, God promised, I will put my Spirit in you, I will enable you to keep my commands. It's by the Spirit that we're made alive. We live as Jesus lives. By the Spirit, Jesus, we abide in Jesus. By the Spirit, we're enabled to finally obey Jesus' commands. And it says we love Jesus as we keep His commands, as we seek to know His Word and obey His Word, uh, that we'll continue to walk with Him. And because we, it's because we know God that we are enabled to enjoy and obey God, but it's actually in enjoying and obeying Him that we'll get to know Him better. Because remember, the once for all, the once for all salvation we have in Jesus, well, that's just Jesus' obedience, that's not our obedience. But now we know Jesus, well, day by day we walk with Him. And our, love, our obedience and our disobedience, that can have an impact on, on that relationship. When we're, obeying, when we're disobeying God's Word, when we're kind of saying, oh yeah, Jesus is Lord, but we're living for ourselves as King, as ourself as Lord, that's going to impact our relationship with God. We won't feel the assurance, we'll, we'll feel distance, we won't feel the Father's love. In our everyday walk with God, in our experience and enjoyment of God as our Father. By the Spirit, we're called to His Word, uh, to obedience, uh, to love. Our union with Christ doesn't rely on our obedience, but our everyday communion with God very much does. And I'm sure we've felt that. I'm sure you've felt that. You're living for yourself. And you go back and it's like, oh, I'm going to read the Bible, but we just, we, we feel there's something not right. But we'll find on the other side, when you're seeking to live for God, when you're seeking to know His Word and obey His Word, He'll continue to show more and more wonderful things in your Word. As you're seeking to live and follow and all, of, all that God reveals to you. You continue to know the joy of trusting Jesus, the joy we sing of, trusting Him, living by faith in His Word. Every day, 
In our communion with God, we have the privilege of living for Jesus, loving him, obeying him, enjoying this relationship. Thirdly, we're told the Spirit will teach the truth. The Spirit of truth teaches his people the words of the Father and the Son. Now, in Dubai, I'm sure many of us have been to uh, the the Dubai fountain, especially at night, where there's the cool show, sort of light show on the Burj Burj Khalifa. How many of us have sort of gone down, maybe taken a deck chair down? I'm not sure if you're allowed a chair, but run with me. Like, you take the chair down, you go there, you survey the fountain, the Burj, um, and then you get your, your chair and turn it around and look at the projector. Like, you're going to get a laser in your eye or something, so that's not a good idea, but that's not the point, is it? You don't go there to the Dubai fountain in the evening to go and look at the projector. If there's a spotlight on a beautiful building, you don't go and just study the spotlight. We're told here that the Spirit is going to reveal things to us. The Spirit is going to teach truth. Yet what we'll see is the Spirit in teaching us truth isn't calling attention to Himself. He isn't saying, I'm going to come and do something different. What the Spirit is doing is saying, the Spirit wants us to look to Jesus. The Spirit wants us to look to His Word. The Spirit, the projector, the light is saying, I don't actually want you to look to me. I want you to enjoy me, experience me by letting me illuminate Jesus Verse 17, the Spirit is called the Spirit of truth. And He's not the Spirit of His own truth, because we were just told in the previous passage that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So, because this is the Spirit of Jesus, this is Jesus coming to us by His Spirit, or the Spirit of truth, that the Spirit of Jesus' truth. In verse 24, Jesus says, the word that you hear from me is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. And so the Father, the Son, and the Spirit don't have different things to say to us. No, they're completely united in what they want to say to us and communicate us. Verse 25, Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. We who trust Jesus, He says the Spirit will come to us and the Spirit will teach us about God. We're not on our own to go to a library or to go and try to imagine what God is like. He's going to show us Himself. He's going to reveal all truth to us. Yet the the truth that the Spirit reveals is not a different truth. It's reminding us, it's pointing us back to this truth that Father, Son, and Spirit have revealed to us in Jesus. And as we we read that promise, that I'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you, we need to see, firstly, this is a promise, firstly, to a very small group of apostles. Who was it who'd been with Jesus? Who was it who heard Jesus' teaching for those three three years? There were some crowds, but really it was those kind of 12 who who followed him. Those 12 he's appointed as as apostles, as disciples. 
Um, you kind of get hints of this in John chapter 2, verse 22. Jesus had been talking about destroying the temple and he'd rise it, raise it again in three days. We're told, John 2, 22, when therefore Jesus was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he'd said this and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. And so, firstly, how did Jesus rem- keep this promise? To bring to remembrance all the things I've said to you? Well, the men who travelled with him for three years, the men who heard all his teaching, when Jesus died, rose and sent the Spirit, well, he helped them to remember exactly what he had said before he had died. He helped them to remember and understand what he had taught. We see this in the book of Acts. What happens as soon as the Spirit of God comes on his church? Well, Peter gets up. And Peter, who'd been really slow to get things during Jesus' earthly life, Peter suddenly is speaking with great insight and courage and boldness. Here, he brings the remembrance of his words to the apostles. And there might be part of that, it's like, that's nice for them, but it's kind of disappointing if this, this verse is firstly just for 12 people and maybe not for all of us. Can you see how that reality is for us? Because how can we know God today? How do we know Jesus today? Well, it's by His Word, the testimony of the Apostles. And how do we know that that testimony is true? How do we know that they remembered exactly what Jesus said? How do we know that God's Word that we hold today gives us the exact words from God, that this really does give us The the Father, our God, become flesh, our God revealing Himself to us. We see here by the Spirit, He made sure that the apostles remembered, understood exactly what He said, what He revealed. So that we don't need to wait for some special insight or illumination to be sure that we know God. By His Spirit, we come and read His Word. We know that we see Jesus clearly. This promise, firstly, gives us great confidence in our Bibles. But I don't think it ends there. It says that the Spirit will come and teach you all things, bring to remembrance that all I've said to you. Well, now we have God's Word. We don't just have a bare book that it's up to us to read and understand. By His Spirit... Jesus is teaching us. Jesus is showing us wonderful things in His Word. Jesus illuminates our eyes so that we can see and understand the Word. Jesus gives us understanding of His Word, sometimes beyond kind of what our own understanding. Uh, We have His Word. The Spirit is revealing truth to us. We need to remember, He doesn't do that separately doesn't reveal a different truth to what the Father and the Son have given us. The Spirit helps us to see Jesus, shines a spotlight on Jesus and His Word, so that all of us who know Him can continue to grow in relationship, to know Him better, to enjoy Him better, to love Him more. By the Spirit, uh, Jesus is teaching us truth. And finally, by the Spirit, Uh, we're given peace. The Spirit gives peace which rests on the Son's love and obedience to the Father. 
Jesus says in verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And I've told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. We know that Jesus' disciples were anxious, that he said he was going and they were worried. He said, I'm, I'm giving you peace. He said, don't, don't be worried, I'm preparing a place for you in the Father's house. And how are they going to remember that truth? How are they going to know that peace? Jesus says, you can be sure of this peace because it's not just a, a bare kind of promise that, that I'm going to leave with you. I'm going to dwell with you. I'll continue to remind you and assure you of my presence. I'm giving you a peace that the world cannot take away because by the Spirit you will be united to me. I'm giving you a peace that the world cannot take away because by my Spirit I'm going to keep your eyes fixed on me and my promises. Jesus says he will give us a peace that doesn't rest just on our everyday kind of obedience to God. We see here on verse, in verse 31, he finishes by saying, I do as the Father has commanded me, so the world may know that I love the Father. Jesus gives us peace, the Spirit gives us peace, again, by pointing us back to this once-for-all salvation we have. While we seek to obey Jesus, while we seek to love Jesus and the Father, in our everyday walk with Him, as we enjoy our relationship with God, and as that goes, we have good days and bad days, and good years and bad years. Jesus, by His Spirit, is pointing us back. Say, if you know me, the way, the truth, and the life, then you know God. I dwell in you. Our peace relies not on our obedience, but on Jesus' perfect obedience. It relies not on our love, but on Jesus' perfect love. And what better basis on which for us to then grow slowly lives of, of increasing love, uh, increasing trust, increasing obedience. By the Spirit, we have assurance. By the Spirit, uh, we can obey the Father and love Him. By the Spirit, we're taught truth. By the Spirit, we're given peace. I think this is captured in one verse, Romans 8, 16, where we're told the Spirit Himself bears witness together with our spirit that we are children of God. The Spirit Himself bears witness together with our spirit that we are children of God. The picture here, I think, is of a courtroom. And you've seen that court drama where there's, some, there's a court case going on and someone's about to kind of be wronged and suddenly a witness kind of kicks in the back door and says, no, I've got the decisive bit of evidence that changes everything. I think that's the picture we're given there in Romans 8, 16. Saying our spirits, kind of everything we can see and know, 
our understanding, our observation, we kind of think, yeah, I'm, I'm a child of God, I can kind of read the promises of God and say, yeah, well, I trust in Jesus, the way, the truth, the life, so I'm a child of God. And we can uh, look around and observe, yeah, in my life I have seen some change, I do see that I, though I fail, I'm seeking to obey Jesus, I have seen change in my life, that's a good reason to be sure that I'm a child of God. Uh, we have these things in our own spirit, our own understanding, uh, but the Spirit, and, and, and all those things are by the Spirit, it's by the Spirit's help that we can do any of that, but the Spirit Himself is able to do more than the sum of our understanding. The Spirit is able to do more than the sum of what we can observe. Sometimes in His freedom, the Spirit, He does come alongside us, doesn't He? He shows us something even deeper in God's Word. He says, you really are children of God. You know, you might read the same verse ten times. You say, yeah, that, that's cool. And then the eleventh time you read it and it brings you to tears. You see the glory of God and the love of God. That's not necessarily because we've got to like, we ticked over from 80% understanding of the verse to 81% understanding of the verse. God in His freedom, He chooses to show us things. He loves us. He wants to show us wonderful things. He wants to assure us. He wants to give us a big hug. By His Spirit, He's pointing us to Himself. He doesn't do this separately to His Word. He doesn't do this by giving us a different Word or different revelation than what He's given us in Jesus. But as Jesus left, as Jesus went away, He said, I'm not leaving you as orphans. I'm going to send my Spirit so that you can continue to experience me. So you can continue to hear my Word. Hear my Word in a way that comforts and strengthens even more than if you, you heard the, the, the warmth of my breath in your ear. The Spirit Himself bears witness together with our Spirit that we are children of God. So friends, let's Rejoice that Jesus went away for us, that he died, that he rose, that he sent us his spirit, and that he's not left us as orphans. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that by the Spirit we can know and enjoy you. Thank you that by the Spirit we've been united to Jesus and we share all things with him. Thank you that, that by the Spirit we can enjoy and experience you every day. Father, we pray that you would strengthen us, us who trust Jesus, to live for you and obey you and love you. We pray you'd strengthen us to know you better, studying your word, going deeper in it. But Father, as we, we seek to live for you, we pray that by your Spirit you would be assuring us pointing us to the great hope that we have, showing us wonderful things in your word. We pray that by your spirit, you would be helping us to rest in Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Father, we love you. Help us to love you more. Help us to live for you. Help us to enjoy you, you who have come to dwell in us, ah, that we might live with you forever. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.